When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In today's episode of the Canon Podcast, join us as we break down the truth behind the Aaron Ramsdale situation, discuss a tactical change that could elevate Bukayo Saka, find out what's happening with Victor Osserman, and break down Arsenal's new potential formation. Yes, guys, welcome back to the Canon Podcast. Alex and George are here today. Both of us, all three are here actually, after a last-minute victory against Brentford. Kai Havertz with the winner. Lads, let's get straight into this. Has Kai Havertz arrived? We'll go to Alex first. He's here. He's the best player in the world. Never doubted uh, him. Never doubted him. Never, never, never doubted him for a second. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> Look, I, I, it's a great moment. We've we've wanted him to have a moment, right? Like we've wanted him to have a a arrival golden moment, moment some might say, a golden moment. And let's be clear, Mikel will absolutely give him a little a slot in the wall. I think Mikel loves him, of course, loves him. He has to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I th- I think like I get the sentiment like all the the like celebrations at the end like pointing to him and stuff. And I just yeah, I just get, I get the sense that Mikel really really loves him. I think I think it's because he does the right thing. And I don't know if you guys caught the uh, the interview he did for. Who was it? TNT. Yeah. TNT Sports. Saturday afternoon. No thanks. Um, a TNT Sport um, interview where he was just very, very humble, very, very sort of level-headed about it, um, which I was surprised at, to be honest. He was very just sort of like, yeah, just trying to help my team. But he seemed genuinely quite sort of reserved. And I think that's just the character he is. And we're still learning about him, right? We're still learning who this guy is, what makes him tick, and um, you know, seeing him in an Arsenal shirt for still the, you know, the first couple of months. So, look, it was, it was obviously a great moment. Um, has he arrived... Time will tell. It depends because Mikel Arteta says that it was a he's an exceptional player for moments like that, and um, a lot of fans are looking at that goal specifically as that's what Havertz has been brought in to do, arriving into the box, yep. timing of run. And by, and by the way, he's building up a little, you know, a very small collection. But clutch moment with Martinelli, clutch moment at Brentford. If he gets two or three more of those over the season, that's you know he's he's adding five, ten, fifteen points to us you know over the course of a season which is you know to have someone who can come in and do that is is amazing yeah I mean that's what it's about isn't he? he's a moments player we've seen it actually in his entire career you know I think he scored Champions League winner I think also in a club World Cup final as well so he's used to yeah. scoring some very important goals and you know that's going to be useful and especially we asked the fans this season on his case 
if he scores some important goals, White Hart Lane away from home. Is it White Hart Lane? What's mm-hmm. it called nowadays? Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. If he scores goals line, away man. from home, yeah, wherever it is nowadays. Um, listen, you know, I think I reckon fans will get more on his side as well. But George, talk to me about the goal itself, the movement. Is, were you were you impressed by it? I think he's been getting into those positions pretty much his entire time here. It's just the timing of the run has always seemed off, always a second late. And it's kind of been the big critique with Kai. You know, it, there, there's always a 70 to 80% of what he does. Fans are like, I like it. And then it's that last 20% of final action that we really need to do. And really goals and assists cover a lot <laughs> of performances in quite a bit. I, I, I don't think it was just that. I think he didn't really um, influence play as much, let's say, but, that run, that back post, it's not new. You kind of mentioned it really briefly, Babs, but you know, the Oba back post cross from Bakayo Saka's header is something that we've seen uh, for quite a while in previous iterations of the team. And it's what I think a lot of people hoped that, you know, Kai Havertz would bring fundamentally in the box, right? And when you start talking about down the line how he works with, say, an Osaman or another aerial presence in the box, those things about those crossing abilities. <laughs> And having somebody of that aerial ability to dominate is going to be key. And, you know, his ability to ghost in behind and find space in the box is something that we're still learning as a team to find him in. There's so many times that I think that you could find still screenshots of Kai Havertz in space in the box. And I I think that we can do better about learning to release these players. And I don't think it's just Kai. I think it's, for example, Martinelli, who's another runner on his own. Finding people early in the box is something that I think that we haven't done exactly. And some of it has to do, I think, with some of the attacking patterns that we're looking to do right now. It's still very coordinated. I need to see a little bit more invention in the way that we finish off moves. And I'm more so talking beyond the coaching realm. The players need to take a little bit more creative responsibility because I think Kai Havertz has done this movement quite a bit. Um, and And it is brilliant. I mean, it is a a tool that we really haven't exploited to date. You know, I'm looking at Fabio Vieira, who could easily pull off this cross that Bukayo Saka has done. Um, and I think that Bukayo Saka finally getting some space in that half space to kind of penetrate Brentford was the key. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit later, maybe about how some of the attack has funneled down an alleyway um, with opposition. But you look at that goal, mate, eight people, I think it was in the box. Um, Brentford defended like lions and they defended very, very deep. Ethan Pinnock. Yeah, I, it was just, it was ridiculous. And I, and I think Kai is really important in the way that he sees space, right? And so his timing of when to arrive is going to be key. If he doesn't arrive in that moment, um, I think the ball gets cleared. And I think it becomes an easy cross to claim. It, it, it is a skill, and, and I think he deserves praise for that. And I just hope he kicks on because he is a confidence player. I know we joke about Mikel hugging him at the end and really making sure that he gets his plaudits, but fundamentally, we can all see that confidence is an issue for Kai Havertz. We can all debate maybe the ceiling about whether he, or not he excels in the team as a superstar. But if confidence is your issue then this is the antidote or remedy to fix that. And it's just one of those things that I hope he uses to push on and really set himself a platform to influence the team. Because right now, the team is loving the contribution. And he's finally um, emotionally connecting to the team, right? Like moments like this, not just for fans, but for the team itself, it, it gets you into the group, right? When you come from a rival, when you come from another team, 
and you're coming as a player who has had sample in the league, who hasn't had the best time, you need to prove yourself not just to fans, but the players in your own team. I think that's a big thing that um, that would happen from this. And I hope he pushes on. I think now the conversation needs to be about a little bit on our friend Martin Odegaard. Uh, first start in a while. And uh, it wasn't that impressive, let's be quite honest. It was a bit of a, a struggle at times. And, um, you know, with the entire question of how to get the best out of Saka and Martinelli and, uh, you know, the issue on the left-hand side of not having a natural left number eight and, you know, seeing how Havertz is starting to grow on as well. Is it time, actually, Alex, to try Havertz on the right with Odegaard on the left in the same midfield? Because they've played together before, but it's always been vice versa. So what you're going to need is you're going to want wing compliments. So what do I mean by that? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Stop, man. Not bad. Thank you. Um, I reckon you sit there and just, you know, review how he speaks. Yeah, to yeah. To learn. Yeah. That's, that's all I, I actually fall asleep to, to just clips of George, <laughs> George, George, George Roots. Um, yeah, I think, um, look, f- firstly, let, let, let's speak on that because that is an important point that, that George makes about the wing compliments in terms of how we compliment a, a, a high-touch winger with, a let's say, a low-touch, more of a running eight profile compared to the sort of flip side on the, other, on the other side. of That is an important point. And I think working out with that and Martin Erdegaard on the left, which we covered a lot on, on the podcast. What I will say with, with Erdegaard, though, is I don't know what's happened, but I think I, I was actually watching, um, there was a video that Arsenal put out of, um, of Arteta's 200 games. They put out like a celebration of Arteta's 200 games and it went through and it was interesting because it featured Erdogan quite a lot. And I remember thinking, it's funny because the Erdogan that first came in seemed more sort of, uh, what's the word? Sprightly, vivacious, other words for sort of youthful. And I wonder as he's maturing, whether there's a, a little bit too he's a little bit too much in his head and and this is obviously just a complete projection of what I think I think Erdogan when he first came in was really acting off instinct I think he's one of the and I've said this before on the podcast about how I think a lot of the players are maybe so aware of what Arteta wants them to do that that the balance has gone too far into like I need to make an option for this player I need to do this and we've gone away from a bit of spontaneity and I actually think Erdogan is maybe the, the apotheosis of that in the sense that he is the guy who I think he. I think if you sat them all down and asked Martin Odegaard to write down all of Mikel, Mikel's football ideas, he'd get the closest. That's my sense that he understands Mikel's football to the to the greatest level. I think where he's where he stands on the pitch for Mikel is one of the most important positions, probably maybe the most important position position other than the six for Mikel um, in, in terms of the midfield and what he does. But I think there's a there's a level of energy, there's a level of um, spontaneity, there's a level of um, aggression I think that's missing from Erdegaard he's getting into the same positions he's he's arriving in the box he's receiving wide he's dropping deep he's linking play he's coming outside he's he's doing all the right things but I think he is the the one guy who I'd asked to I think I've said this about Saka as well Saka needs like a bad boy era and I'd love <laughs> Erdegaard to have a bad boy era put put the sunglasses on put the aviators on and say do you know what Mikel I'm actually not going to follow your instructions today. I'm going to work off my natural instinct. I think Erdogan at the moment is playing very much within himself, doing doing completely the what the team needs. And actually, if you look at his his numbers defensively, he's 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 massively gone up. He's similar to Zinchenko as well. I imagine over the summer that Mikel said, "Look, we need you to to do certain certain different roles to allow different players to flourish," and he's absolutely taken that. But I think for Erdogan's career, for Erdogan's standing, for Erdogan's future in the team. He needs just to flip that balance again back to instinct. There's a little bit too much of, of I'm going to create this lane. I'm going to 
pass out wide. I'm going to do this rather than just go, do you know what? I'm going to have a shot. And it's funny because at the beginning of the season, what were all Arsenal fans saying? Odegaard shooting too much. He wasn't. His numbers on shooting were actually, they actually went down. So I don't really know where that came from. I think it's because we expect Erdegaard to be such a system player. And then when he goes too far that way, we will complain that he's gone too, too far that way. The se- second he steps out into, do you know what, I'm him, we all have a go at him. And I think we need to allow maybe as a fan base for, it, for him to go like, do you know what, let's let Erdegaard be a bit freer, be a bit more instinctual. Um, and hopefully we'll see, see a bit more of him. You know what it was? It was the percentage of his attacking contributions that made up shots. So his chance creation was much lower. He was still doing quite a bit of build-up sequences, but then there was just a large percentage of shots. But he so wasn't maybe, shooting more, which is interesting. No, it was just his actions were less creative yeah. and more, um, as a percentage, were shooting. He didn't yeah. shoot more, yeah. but he was shooting the same, just he wasn't creating the same. Mm-hmm. And so the balance seemed off. And I think that kind of leads to my big point about this whole winger compliments, about the whole high touch, low touch, about trying to maximize his, what I call, zone of influence, how you can get a player to influence his best qualities. And it's just about getting people in zones that they prefer fundamentally. How many times did we see the attack slow up in this game specifically from Martin Odegaard or Bukayo Saka um, receiving in that half space and then both of them trying to go around each other, mm. seemingly stepping on each other's toes. And I don't think it was helped by Tommy Asu at right back. I will say the triangle of Tommy Asu, Martin Odegaard, and Bakayo Saka, we've seen it before. It does not work. And you need some kind of dynamic overlap when you're facing a low block. And you, you do have to acknowledge the way that Brentford defended very, very narrow, extremely deep, very diligently. And it's not an easy place to go to. And I see, I hear all those caveats, but I think when you start to have a player like Tommy Asu, who doesn't fit in that pod, it actually highlights your problems a lot more. Mm. And I, I think part of the solution is if you were to take out one player from this fullback, center, uh, midfielder, and forward line pod, you need to see whether or not that winger and central midfielder can make up the slack. Now, it doesn't always have to be the fullback that's missing out. It could be even Bakayo Saka not having a great game. How does the interchange between fullback and central midfielder get that player out? Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you have to think from maybe a coaching perspective about chemistry, about flow. And that's why I talk about the touches to kind of end on this point. Because if you're going to talk about Ben White, by the way, who is a high-touch player in buildup, but in the final third, is he? Not really. He is somebody on the overlap that spends maybe one or two touches to send a cross in. Bakayo Saka, very high touch. It's why they work well together. So then when you have somebody on the inside and you talk about those inside lanes, trying to access them, you need to see who do you want having those touches. Mm. And I would argue on the left, when I start to think about it, we all know what Zinchenko can offer us in buildup, but who is our high touch player on the left right now? And that is a gap that is really neglected the team. We've seen it impact Martinelli, and we've seen it impact our left-hand side consistently. I can't point to a player this season because Gabby Jesus has been out injured for a majority of the season. You can't really say he comes in as much anymore. We are trying to find somebody with influence, somebody with ball dominance on the left-hand side. And I think that Martin Odegaard could extend his zone of influence by going to the left 
And it's not about taking away Martin Odegaard from his favorite position. It's about highlighting his qualities better. Mm. Because right now, even if you want to say that he prefers the right-hand side of the pitch, which he does, is he able to maximize his qualities, his on-the-ball qualities, with Bukayo Saka in that zone? Mm. That's something that you have to ask yourself. I think when, when, just very quickly, when the ball comes into Odegaard, you feel like the game slightly slows down. And when the ball comes into Saka at the moment, specifically, the game slightly slows down. Now, that's no problem. You need players who can both speed up and slow the game down. But having them both in the same area, area. that's the problem. We, we would talk about whatever you're going to talk about, Babs, but you are currently on mute, so... <laughs> My bad, my bad, my bad. Lads, let's talk about Aaron Ramsdale. Now, starting his first game since September. Uh, a very shaky first half, let's just say. But second half, he came back to his own and, you know, kind of earned, earned his credit, some credit back. Um, post-match, Mikel Arteta kind of avoided some questions regarding Ramsdale, uh, which is very intriguing, Alex. Is this the end of his Arsenal career, unfortunately? <clears throat> because there's also rumours, by the way, that Wolves might be about to make an offer mm. coming into January. Yeah, well, well, quickly on that, I think there's maybe four or five teams in the league who shouldn't be off the Ramsdale in January. Like, let's be clear. Mm. Like, if, if you, it, it, you know, if, if you need to put a big money offer on the table or ask for a loan or something, and I think for uh, for Ramsdale's career, um, I think you should really consider that. Look, with the Mikel thing, I think he also said in the press conference that he loves Ramsdale's character, so it's difficult to read into it too much. I also always want to caveat with, I think Mikel is very, firstly, Managers have individual relationships with specific interviewers. So if you notice, there's a guy on Sky, I think I don't know his name, David something, that play. He, he's almost really familiar with the player. He, like, he was the guy who tried to get something out of Sterling's eye, which you wouldn't okay. do if you just met him, right? So, you know, players players have different relationships with interviewers. And if you've seen someone years and years and years in a, in a row, you start to have a different relationship. I, if from memory, I don't think Mikel um, has, has spoken to this person very much. So he might be thinking... I don't want to say too much or whatever. I think, look, it, it, it's he's also translating from Spanish, which is always a caveat that I want to I want to put in. I, I yeah, look, it's it, it wasn't a nice look, and it didn't feel very supportive of Ramsdale. Um, I wish he'd really gone to bat for him and really backed him, even for the sake of 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 protecting his value. But more broadly, I mean, that's not you know the, the problem was was in his football. It's not just the 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 mistakes he was making. The tempo of his pass was so off. It was so off. You go at all, I'd say six, seven, eight out of ten uh, out of his passes, out of ten of his passes were under hit. Um, some of his long distribution in the second half was really, really nice. But you can see, you can feel someone. It's like anything. If you've, you know, if you're if you're doing an exam or whatever and you failed it five times in a row, you're gonna be in your head going, Oh, I'm going, I'm going here again. And we all know that feeling of like, you're almost having the the, para, the parasocial conversation up here while you're doing the task, thinking, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. And you, and you almost pull yourself out at the moment. And that's what I felt, para of something, not parasocial or something. But um, but yeah, I, th- I think I could almost see that with Ramsdale. You could like when he made his decision last minute to change where he went with the throw and it went to the ground. I just feel sorry for him. And more broadly, just to finish up, I, I, I think if I'm Ramsdale, I would have a very frank conversation. And if I'm Mikel as well, I'd say, look, I, I, I need to play minutes because the Euros are coming up next summer and because, you know, it's good for my development. I think for Arsenal's sake, I agree with George and what George has said about Ramsdale before, we shouldn't lose him. 
I, d- I think it would be a really silly thing to lose him in this January. To give him a contract in the summer and lose him in January would be a clear sign that something's gone wrong. Um, and I think, uh, personally, if I was Ramsdale and I was the club, I'd compromise something around an 18-month loan deal. I'd say to him, look, go to another Premier League club, go and get some minutes, you know, be be there, be be a stable for them. Come back in 18 months with two years left on the deal. Let's see where we are. We, we don't know. We, this is the thing with, with you know, we... We don't want to jump too soon. Raya's come in and played from September to November. That feels like a long time when we're in it, but it's actually not. So personally, I'd rather keep this talent around, send him out alone to a Premier League club. Let's see how he does. Let's get him back in. And hopefully in a couple of years, that relationship is mended. Ramsdale's a bit more confident and there's a bit more of a, of a good feeling as he steps into his proper prime. Yeah, I reckon if he's able to go elsewhere and play some very consistent minutes and actually showcase you know, a standard way, I think if he's guaranteed a starting place, He's going to have the natural confidence. And I think what he was doing in this game was he was almost overcompensating, trying to try, trying to do too much, almost to show Mikel Arteta, I can play away. Didn't quite work out in the first half. And only when he tried to start to actually play at Ramsdale in the second half, he started to actually, you know, be decent again. But George, in terms of his future though, if he was to move in January, where do you see him going? Thanks for checking out the Canon Podcast. To hear the full episode, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.